Well, good morning, NCC. How are you guys doing? Good. It's good to see each of you here, and I am so excited that you're with us. And if you're new here, once again, we want to extend a special welcome. If this is your first time here, if you're watching online later this week for the first time, thanks so much for joining us. And we are kicking off a brand new series called Creature of Habit. Creature of Habit. We're going to spend the next few weeks just looking at the habits inside of our life and how those shape us and form us. We're going to look at the good habits, the bad habits, and the ugly part of habits. And so I promise you, you're not going to want to miss the next few weeks as we look at these things. And it's a great time to be talking about this. We're starting a new year. Um, hopefully, if you have some new habits you're wanting to start this year, you haven't already given up on those, and this message comes in a great time to keep you going, keep you motivated. I believe there's some things that God wants to speak to us over these next few weeks and challenge us with as we look at this idea, creature of habit. Now, this morning, I got up, like all of you did because you're here, and walked into my bathroom and started to brush my teeth. I've done this before, you guys. And so I reached up, I have one of those electric toothbrushes that buzzes when you're supposed to switch. And so I do what I've done every morning, and that is I start by brushing the top right side of my teeth. And then it pauses for a second, so I'm supposed to switch, and then I go to the top left, and then the bottom left, and then the bottom right. And then um, once it's done, I brush a little bit longer because I don't know if the people that made it know how long I should brush. So I brush a little bit longer. I rinse it off. I do the double tap. Do you guys do that? Tap, tap, get all the water off of there. Reach for the hand towel. I dry it off. Make sure that the hand towel doesn't touch the bristles because that's gross. I don't want any fuzzies on my toothbrush. And then I drop it in its little holder, okay? That's what I do. Now, the amazing thing is while I was doing that and brushing for, I think it's three and a half minutes or however long that timer is set for, I was thinking not about brushing my teeth, not about moving the toothbrush up and down, not about going backwards and forwards, not about switching or which side I'm going to do next. I wasn't thinking about any of that. I was thinking about remembering my baptism clothes, so I have dry clothes to preach in this morning, was thinking about the message that I'm speaking and what I have to do later this afternoon, think I'm going to get my hair cut because it's getting a little big. And so I was thinking about all of these stuff that, that's going on in my day and that I have to do. I didn't have to stop and think about brushing my teeth. And that's a pretty amazing thing that God made us to work like that, that there are actually habits in our life that we do automatically that you don't think about. Scientists have studied this. And you may not know this, but do you know probably the majority of people in this room, you put your, the same leg inside of your pant first that you do every time? When you go down to tie your shoes, it's always the same shoe first. And you don't have to think anymore, what is it? The little bunny goes into the hole and comes around. I don't remember what that, but you don't think about that anymore, right? It's just, you do it automatically and you typically go to the same shoe first and then you switch to the others because it's a habit. When you sit down in your car, you have some ritual. Buckle the seatbelt, turn on the radio, put the key in. You know, whatever that is, your ritual, kind of your habit, foot on the brake, put it in reverse. It, it happens the same way, scientists say, over and over again. You no longer think about those things that you do. 40% of your life, almost 50%, 40% of your life is done strictly by habits. It's automation at this point. You don't think about 40% of the actions that you do. It's automatic. That's what scientists have studied. And as I was looking at this week and reading a book and watching some videos and researching habits and how they're formed and how do we get good habits in our life, I was just blown away by Man, God is so amazing, you guys. This is how he made us. 
that we can do other things while I'm brushing my teeth or while I'm getting dressed, all of these things while I'm putting on my pants, I can actually do other things. I don't have to have 100% of my attention focused in like that because God made us to be able to automate some of these things inside of our life, some of what we do inside of our life. The other thing that I came to realize this week as I was reading about this and studying this is if we're not careful, habits can control us instead of us controlling them. If you're not careful in your life, habits will, 40% of your life, you can just go with the flow. You can go with what you've done before. And those habits, that creature of habit will begin to control you instead of you controlling it. And that's what we want to look at for the next few weeks are what are those habits inside of our life? What is it that God is calling us to? And so I want to start just with some very practical stuff. And that is what is a habit? What's a habit? If you're taking notes, you can write this down because this is what we're going to be talking about for the next three weeks. A habit is a routine or a behavior that is done regularly and in many cases automatically. So that's all these illustrations that I've just been giving you, these habits inside of our life. Something done routinely, it's a behavior, a routine, and it's done regularly. Like you don't even think about it anymore. It's just automatic. You just end up doing this. And so once again, people have studied this and there's all of these scientific terms, but I wanna give you four patterns that, that come about. These, this is what shaped the habits in your life and in my life are these four things right here. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. The first is this, it's noticing. I'll try to write real big so you guys can see it in the back. Noticing, okay? That's the first thing. When a habit's starting to be formed, it happens, or when you enter into this habit cycle, it starts because you notice something. You're noticing what's going on around you. The second is this, wanting. In order for habits to be formed in our life or um, continued, it has to, there has to be this wanting, this desire, this kind of cue in your life that you want something. And then there's the doing, Okay, doing, that's actually the, the performing of that. It's, it's what you do in that habit cycle that you have. And then the last thing is liking. So once again, there's scientific terms, but just making this super simple. Noticing, wanting, doing, liking. Let me illustrate this once again for you. Like many of you in this room, my wife is a coffee lover. Can't stand the stuff. I don't like the smell of it, but Sarah absolutely loves coffee, okay? And she has this habit of drinking coffee every single morning. Let me show you how this goes about. Sarah wakes up in the morning. She is not a morning person, okay? She is a walking zombie for the first little bit that she gets up, okay? Some of you guys can relate to that, okay? And you don't wanna talk to her. My kids know, don't get in her way. Don't start asking her questions, okay? In the morning, that's not what you want to do. But she will walk out into the living room and she notices something. You guys know what I'm talking about, the coffee pot, right? She notices immediately when she comes out. And all of a sudden, there's a wanting, okay? It could be a number of different things. She wants that energy, right? She wants to wake up. Whatever that is, there's a desire in her heart because of a habit that's been formed of that cup of coffee. And so she walks over. We have one of those pod machines. So she drops in the little pod, puts the cup under there, hits the button, right? She's still half asleep. Eyes are almost closed. But then she can start to smell it. And then she starts to drink that. And then the liking happens. I don't know how because I do not like coffee, but the liking happens where she drinks that and all of a sudden the caffeine starts kicking in. Sarah's awake now, right? You can ask her questions. She's actually smiling. She's a normal human being now, right? Because all of that happened. Now here's what happened. Years and years have gone into that 
And now this takes place every morning. And I have a habit. Don't talk to Sarah before morning coffee, okay? Because once again, I've gone through this cycle. I've learned over and over. This is how habits are formed in our life. You can take anything that you kind of do automatically, and Sarah no longer has to get up thinking, what is it that I want? She automatically knows. Go to the coffee machine, put in the pot, start to... It's all of those things. That's how habits are formed in our life. Now, the reason why I'm starting with this is because if we don't understand this many times, we can fall into this mindset of, I'm just the victim of life. This creature of habit is just carrying me along, and I can't get out of the monster's grip. And that's not true. God has given us wisdom, and there's actually ways that we can direct the way that our life goes. But if you miss what we're going to talk about the next three weeks, you'll fall into a mindset of, I guess I don't have direction. And you're wrong. You have a purpose. You have a direction that God is leading you this year. God has a plan for your life. He has something that he wants to accomplish inside of you. And if you're not careful, you'll just let the creature of habit carry you away. 40% of your life will just be like this instead of directing, hey, I can actually take the habits that are in my life and I can direct them in a certain way to go where God wants me to go. That's why it's vital what we're talking about is we don't have to be controlled by these things. We can actually control the creature creature of habit in our life. And when we realize this, we start to understand that failure isn't final. You don't have to get two weeks into the new year and say, man, I missed the day. That's it. I guess I can't read through the Bible. I'm done. Let me put the Bible up for another year. I'll try again next January. You don't have to do that because all you do is you stop and you start to think, okay, where did the system break down? How do I increase that one? Where, where do I put my Bible where I start to notice it in the morning so I don't forget? So I, you start to do this, you understand this, and you realize you can have control of your life. You can take back that 40% that you do automatically and begin to direct it once again where God wants to lead you, where God wants to go, where God is directing your life. You have control over that. So today we're going to talk about good habits. And I want to talk to you about small changes that lead to big results. Small changes in your life that lead to big results. If you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 5, and we're going to start reading at verse 12. And if you didn't bring a Bible with you, that's okay. There's a Bible in the seat in front of you, and it's on page 502. In that Bible, you can take out that blue book. And I want to encourage everyone to do this. We want to create a habit of opening God's Word. So if it's taking out your smartphone and Googling Luke chapter 5, you'll get there, chapter 5, verse 12. And this is where we're going to start reading this morning. And once you have that, hold on to that for just a moment. And in case you've never read the book of Luke before, Luke is one of four gospels. And gospel simply means good news. And these were um, four individuals that wrote about the life of Jesus. They give us um, um, stories from the highlights of the life of Jesus, all the way from his birth to his earthly ministry when he was preaching the gospel, when he was doing miracles, when he was healing and all these signs and wonders, proclaiming the kingdom of God to his death and resurrection. So that's what the book of Luke is. It's just um, an, a story of the life of Jesus and what took place um, in his life. And so this is where we pick up in Luke chapter five. This is at the beginning of the earthly ministry, kind of the public ministry of Jesus, where he's beginning to proclaim and teach the gospel. And this is what it says, Luke chapter five, verse 12. And while Jesus was in one of the cities, there came a man who was full of leprosy. Now, in case you're not familiar with what leprosy is, it was a skin disease. 
It was actually very deadly. It would eat away at your fingers and your toes, your ears, like you could actually lose parts of your body. And ultimately it would probably lead to your death. And it was very contagious. So this was a serious thing that this man had. A man full of leprosy came. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and he begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and he touched him saying, I will be clean. And immediately their leprosy left him. And Jesus charged him to tell no one, but to go and show yourself to the priests and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. But now even more, the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. And then this is the verse we're gonna focus in on right here. But Jesus would often withdraw to desolate places and pray. Jesus would often withdraw to desolate places and he would pray. What's going on here in the life of Jesus? What's taking place here? Well, we read about this. Jesus has started ministering in public. This is the part of his life that we um, are introduced into of him proclaiming the kingdom of God, of teaching, of healing. And it's really amazing the way that it starts. Something miraculous happens. The word begins to spread. People begin to come and they're saying, Jesus, heal me. And this is an amazing thing because now he has a crowd and his purpose is to proclaim the kingdom of God and to teach. And so it seemed right off the start, Jesus is on an amazing track here. This is a great journey. This is a great way to start because this is why he's come is to get people to come to the kingdom of God, to know what God's love is, to proclaim that. And so as I was thinking about this, I thought, man, he could kind of coast at this point. Like he, he's gotten there, right? He's got the crowd He's getting fame. People are knowing him, that this is the son of God. And he's starting to declare this. And it could have been very easy for him to kind of kick back. And yet what Luke wants us to know is that Jesus would often withdraw to desolate places and he would pray. He would get up early in the morning. And as you read through the gospels, not only in Luke, but in other gospels, you see this habit in the life of Jesus over and over again. He's sneaking away from the crowd. He's sneaking away what everyone else would say. Hey, this is fame. People are coming. You've got this crowd. This is a great thing. Jesus, this is success. Stay right there in the moment. And Jesus continues with this habit in his life of getting away, finding a solitude place and beginning to cry out and connect with his heavenly father. Doesn't matter what's going on around him. There's something powerful here. Doesn't matter what other people are saying, good or bad. He continues to withdraw and to connect with his heavenly father. It's this habit inside of the life of Jesus that we see over and over and over again in the gospels. And I believe it's a very, very powerful thing. And so let's start to break this down. Jesus often withdrew to desolate places and he would pray. And the first thing that I see in this is creating habits takes time. Creating habits takes time. It takes time in our life to create those habits that we want. And I want to start here by, if you read this, what's missing in this passage? What's missing in the first few chapters of the book of Luke? Well, let me show you what's missing. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down. And scholars, this is a little bit of an estimation here, but it's this right here. Maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, but it's this 30 years. 30 years. If you've ever stopped and thought about that, you're told about the birth of Christ 
angels are proclaiming. So we get maybe a few days, maybe a few weeks around that time Jesus is being born, a few months as it's leading up to his birth. We see some shepherds come one night. A couple of years later, we see some wise men. Then immediately you fast forward 10 years and you're given four more days. Jesus is in Jerusalem and he's talking and he's teaching with these Pharisees. He's asking questions and they're astounded by his wisdom. So we see four days when Jesus is 12 years old. And then you fast forward maybe another 18, maybe another 20, 25 years. And then you see him start to minister. That's almost 30 years, you guys, right there that are unaccounted for that we don't know. But we see the outcome. You see this. He would often withdraw to desolate places and he would pray. Do you want to know what's happening? Luke's telling you what's happening in those 30 years. He would often withdraw to desolate places and he would pray. Over those 30 years that you and I don't see, Jesus is forming habits in his life that are going to carry him throughout these three, three and a half years of public ministry that we see. He's doing things and he's creating habits in his life that are gonna sustain him, that are gonna get him through difficult times, that are gonna give him the faith that he needs to accomplish the will of God and what God has set him out to do. Habits take time. It's not an immediate thing. Sometimes we mistake this and we think, well, he was the son of God, so of course he woke up early and talked to his father. No, it was a habit. He was human just like you and just like me. He had to go through the same things that we went through and that we go through And yet he had this habit of saying, you know what, I'm going to get away and I'm going to talk to my father. Habits take time in our life. Just stop and think about this. Each of you, when you woke up this morning, you brushed your teeth. I hope you did. (laughs) I'm hoping that this is going to go somewhere. I'm hoping that I'm right here, okay? And depending on your age, I just kind of took 35. You realize that if you're 35, you've probably, I gave you a couple of years when you were a baby, Okay, but you've brushed your teeth over 21,900 times. 21,900 times. I hope you've brushed your teeth that much, okay? And depending on how old you are, and hopefully no one, your spouse or someone, if you have a roommate, they didn't have to come to you and say, hey, did you brush your teeth this morning? Hopefully that did not happen. But rewind in your life to when you were three and four years old. And your parents had to sit you down, right? Brush up and down, brush side to side. Now switch to the other side. Make sure you brush your tongue, okay? Spit out. They had to walk you through this, right? And then when you were seven and eight years old, did you brush your teeth this morning? Get back in that bathroom. You're not going to school if you don't brush your teeth. Brush over and over. Get back in the bathroom. Go brush your teeth. You forgot, didn't you? I still see the yellow on your teeth. It's disgusting. Right? You're seven, you're eight years old, and they're having to remind you and remind But hopefully as you become an adult, no one has to remind you anymore. 21,900 times you've gotten in a habit of doing, but it took time. It took time in your life. And it takes time to create the good habits that we want inside of us. It doesn't happen overnight, but this is the problem. So many and scientists have studied this. It was fascinating reading this. This is how many of us view habits in our life. We think it's like that. We think, I do push-ups, I do one push-up one day, yes. Next day, I can do two push-ups, and then four. Now I'm up to eight, it's it's day three and four, and I'm up to eight, now I'm doing 16, okay, and then 32, and then 60. You know, I just keep growing this thing. After a week, I'm doing 128 push-ups. I couldn't do one, but I started on day one doing one. Now, and that's what we think. We just think it keeps on growing like this, right? And scientists, as they've studied, they think it's more like this. 
that you hit a critical point. And this is what many of us do. Two weeks into the new year, and we're like, I thought I was going to be up here. And if we last, you know, a month or two, I thought I was going to be up here and I'm still down. I can't do this habit. I can't read my Bible. I can't get up early in the morning. I can't do this. It's not having an effect. It's not having a difference. And scientists say, if you'll stick with it, at some point, you'll think you should be here and really you'll be all the way up here. It's like a curve in your life. And this is how habits are. It takes a while. It took your parents over and get back in that bathroom and brush your teeth. Over and over again, it took 30 years and Jesus was creating these habits day after day. It takes time to create good habits in your life. It's not gonna happen immediately. It's not gonna be an overnight thing. That's why Luke is telling you he often withdrew to desolate places and he prayed. The second thing that I want you to think about this morning, for good habits, for good habits in your life, you have to break routine and you have to get away. For good habits, you have to break routine and you have to get away. And so that's what he says. He would often withdraw to desolate places. Now, I started to think about this. This is the son of God. And if God's listening to anyone, if Jesus can pray anywhere in the city, in the house, wherever he's at, you know that God's going to hear him. He knows God. He has a personal relationship. Heavenly Father, Jesus knows this. And yet he chooses to withdraw to desolate places and to pray. And I think there's a reason. If you want to form some good habits in your life, You've got to break away from the routine. You've got to break away from what's normal. You have to change your environment. Jesus knew this, and so that's what he would practice. He he would get out of where he was normally at, and he would spend time just seeking the face of God, talking with his heavenly father, hearing the voice of God. He wanted to break routine because he wanted that habit of connecting with God inside of his life. There was an interesting study done on this. I read about this um, this past week. It was the General Hospital in Massachusetts, not talking about a soap opera here, okay, it's a real hospital. General Hospital in Massachusetts, and they looked at this. How do you affect people's behavior? How do you change people's habits? And they wanted to see, can you do this without educating? Can you do this without giving out more information? Can you do this without giant billboards or posters or anything hanging up? Can we change people's behavior just by changing the environment around them? And so they noticed in their cafeteria, they had these giant um, Coke and Pepsi refrigeration soda things. And yet to get water, you had to walk over into one of two corners and there was this small cooler. And so what they did is they didn't put up posters. They didn't educate. They didn't talk to people. Hey, soda's bad. It's going to hurt you. Drink more. They didn't do any of that. They simply took the water and put it in the soda thing. And so there was still soda there, but right next to it, there was water. You didn't have to walk across the room. And then also at the places where you would pick up your food, there was another tiny cooler there, and there was water there as well. And as they tracked this over six months, they noticed that people changed. 25% more water sales were happening, and 11% less soda sales were taking place. There was no education No one sat down with anyone and said, hey, be careful. This could hurt you. And the long-term effect of drinking too much are this. Hey, water's healthy. It's going to strengthen you. It's going to help. None of that. They just changed the environment and people's behavior changed automatically. And for you and for me, we need to recognize that. That if we want to create good habits in our life, sometimes it's not knowing more. You and I, we're, we've got so much knowledge, so much information. It's not having the right kind of information. It's not educating more. It's not a big poster that you hang up in your room. Many times it's just changing your environment. Can I be honest with you this morning? There's, 
one thing that I know will stop me from praying and connecting with God this year. Let me show you what that is. It's this right here, you guys. Now, you can't see this where you're at, but I just want you to know, this is a warm, fuzzy blanket, okay? Man, it is cozy. And I don't know why, but my wife likes to play freeze out in our bedroom, okay? I'm pretty sure penguins and polar bears could survive in my bedroom. And so I'm laying there. I wake up early in the morning and I get up in the morning, my eyes open. I am a morning person, so I'm usually a little bit awake. And I'm laying there and I do, okay, hey, I got to get up. I got to pray. I got to spend my time with Jesus. And so I put my foot outside of the blanket and icebergs begin to form on my foot. And so I quickly pull it back in. And you guys, I'm nice and cozy. I'm a little Mexican burrito in my bed right here, right? Got the blankets tucked all around me. It feels so nice. And so this is what I do. Jesus, you're with me everywhere, aren't you? Yes, you are, Lord. You're right here with me in this. You hear me everywhere that I pray. Thank you, Lord. And then I do this. Wait, it's spiritual to close your eyes, isn't it, you guys? Yes, I remember pastors growing up telling me to close my eyes when I pray. So I close my eyes and I lay there. What's going to happen in two minutes? Yep, that conversation is done, you guys. I am back asleep. I'm out again, right? And my time with Jesus has gone out of the window. And this is going to stop me. But I know one thing. I've learned this habit over the course of my life, and it's this right here. I don't have to think about what I'm going to pray, how much time I'm going to spend praying. If I can just get the blankets off of me, if I can just change my environment, I know I'm going to get up. I don't have to worry about the rest. I know that if I can just change that one factor right there, get the blankets off of you, Aaron, get out into the cold air, I'm going to get up. And I'm going to spend some time with God, and I'm going to listen to his voice, and I'm going to connect with him. I don't know what that is in your life, but I want to challenge you. If you want to create good habits, you got to change your environment. you got to break away from the routine. You've got to get away. Jesus would often withdraw to desolate places. He could have connected with God anywhere, but he knew he wanted some habits of hearing the voice of God, and it was going to take something on his part to get away and to connect with God and to hear the voice of God. We've got to do that inside of our lives. And so this very simple thing of where are you placing the things that you want in your life? How are you changing that environment? Pastor Aaron, I just spend way too much time on social media, okay? You have a smartphone, flip through the screens, drag it like seven screens back. So you got to do about 10 clicks to get to it. And that'll adjust that, change your environment. Want to read the Bible more? Okay, put it on the home screen of your smartphone. Put your Bible right next to your toothbrush. I want to journal more. Okay, put it next to the coffee mugs, right? So every time you reach for a coffee mug, you see your journal. Do whatever you have to do to change the environment so that that good habit is created in your life and you start to fulfill what it is that you want. You're not controlled by those things. Now you can be, 40% of your life can be automated or you can choose, I'm going to dictate what that 40% is. I'm going to tell my life where to go. You and I have that choice. The last thing that I want to give you this morning is small habits bring big life change. Small habits bring big life change. I was thinking about the life of Christ. He often withdrew to desolate places and he prayed and reading through the gospels and looking at the life of Jesus. And this, once again, this number, it's not an exact, but this number right here, 12,045, somewhere around this ballpark. I'm thinking, if you've read the Gospels, how does Jesus get into the Garden of Gethsemane? How does he 
knowingly think in less than 24 hours, I'm about to face the most excruciating torture that anyone has ever gone through, the crucifixion. They're gonna whip and lay open my back until internal organs are exposed. They're gonna shove a crown of thorns on my head and I've done nothing wrong. Not, doing, not going through this because of something. They're gonna nail me to a cross and I'm gonna end up dying by being suffocated to death after this excruciating pain and blood loss. That's what I'm about to have to go through. And yet we see him in the garden saying, not my will, but your will be done. How does he do that? Because every day, 12,045 other times, he woke up and he said, God, not my will, but your will be done. Probably didn't seem like that significant on day one when Jesus is just a young boy and he's starting to develop that prayer life and he says, not my will, but your will be done. Day two, not that, I mean, you just look at one day, not that significant, but you add up 12,000 days. You add up 12,000 times of him saying, God, not what I want, but what you want. I don't say what I want to say. I speak only what the Father has told me to. I'm not here on my own. I come on behalf of God. My life is not my own, my desire. No, I come because I'm being directed by God. Not my will, but your will be done day in and day out. One day didn't seem that significant, but you add up those days 12,000 times of him saying, God, I die to myself today and I live by the power of your spirit. I die to my wants, not what I want, God, but what you want. And that's how you get in a difficult moment and you still surrender to the will of God. See, it's those small changes. It's not that big moment. It's not that emotional swell. It's not the music rising, but it's in those small moments, day after day that you choose, I'm gonna do it today. I'm gonna do it today. I'm gonna focus today. I'm gonna accomplish that. I'm gonna create that habit, right? I'm gonna notice. I'm gonna want it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna like it. Like, I'm gonna do this day in, day out. Those small changes are what brings the big results. I found this out this week. If you and I were to start in LA, okay? So we're over here in LA. We were to get on an airplane and start heading this way. Do you realize if you were to make a 180 degree turn, you're back in LA, okay? It's kind of simple math, if you guys remember math class. 180 degrees gets you back here, right? 180. But do you realize if you just make a three degree turn, instead of ending up in New York, we'll put NYC right there, you'll be in Washington, D.C. We'll put D.C. I don't want to try to spell Washington, okay? So you'll be in D.C. Just a three degree difference there, not 180 just a small, slight change, you'll end up hundreds and hundreds of miles. Now, that could be a bad thing. We're going to talk about that next week, bad habits in our life and how do we break those? How do we make sure that we don't get off track? But this could also be a great thing because some of you are headed one direction and maybe you're like, I don't know how to shift that. I don't know what to do. And it may just be a few small good habits in your life, just a few small degrees of change. Don't think about how do I go from from all of this way, and I, and I want to lose this. How do I go from not exercising to being the most fit person in the gym? What's that small step that you can take? What's that three-degree turn that you can take right now? Just that minor adjustment. Instead of thinking, hey, I've got to read through the entire Bible, what's the verse or the chapter that you engage with today? See, it's those small changes that bring a big result when you do them over and over and over and over and over again. 
That's what makes the adjustment inside of our life. That's what makes the difference inside of us. See, it's the small changes that bring the really big results in our life. And so many of us, we're wanting it to happen overnight, and it's a process that God takes us on. And the reason why I picked this verse is not just because it's a great illustration of how habits are formed in our life. It's because it's the kind of habit that Jesus was forming. See, and I don't know what your goals are this year. I don't know what God's placed in your heart. It may be losing so much weight. It may be working out more. It may be paying off debt. Maybe reading through books, reading different stuff. There could be a lot of things. And I'm here to remind you this morning the most important thing. The most important thing you can do in your life is what Jesus did. All of those other habits are great. Please do them. Find the systems like this. And, and as we learn about this, find ways to continue to adjust and direct your life. But can I tell you the most important thing you're going to do this year is falling more in love with Jesus. It's learning how to become a closer disciple. Of, it's maturing in your walk with him. It's growing in who you are. We're going to continue to talk about that the next few weeks, but I want to tell you with all of the habits, with all of the goals, with everything that you're doing, this should be top priority. Jesus would often withdraw in desolate places and he would begin to talk to his heavenly father. The most important thing, the thing that's going to set you up for success, along with knowing these things and understanding how habits work, is every day, God, I'm connecting with you. You're the one who created me. God, you know what you want for my life. You're the one who gives me direction, God. You're the one who guides me. You're the one who leads me. One of the most important things is what Jesus did. It's finding time as you start your day to connect with your father, to listen to his voice, to spend time with him.